And that's how you get to actually earn money off of your insurance program rather than just having a, what's called a guaranteed cost. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, Send Gym. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have on an insurance expert. We've been actually been kind of looking for somebody to come on that has been in the industry and knows insurance really well, and actually got hooked up with Will Allen of Green Industry Captive. Will has been in the insurance industry for many, many years. He's worked at some of the largest, well-known insurance brokers in the country. I'm super excited to have him on today. He has an interesting product that I believe many landscapers don't really even know about. So, Will, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Scott. Yeah, so you mind uh, sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the insurance business and where you're at now? Yeah, no, for sure. So, really, it's kind of a joke within the insurance industry that nobody chooses to be in insurance. We Everybody kind of falls there. I may be one of the uh, kind of the one-offs to that in the sense of my whole family's been in insurance. And so I I guess I didn't have a fighting chance to not be in insurance, but I got in it out of college. And like you said, I worked for a, uh, one of the larger regional brokerages. I was just a producer. I was the guy that are calling on all the landscapers, all these business owners saying, Hey, let me get you quotes. And while that was great, I enjoyed the relational aspect of it. I ended up now we have our own agency here again, family agency, but I've moved over from being at one of those large brokers to now we're a family agency, so a little bit smaller. And really what it came down to is a lot of our clients are landscapers. I kind of fell into that niche within the insurance industry, but I stuck around because I realized that for whatever reason, I just like the landscape industry. And more importantly, I like the people that are in the landscape industry. It's just a lot of business owners that I can relate to, as well as just enjoy them. There are a lot of hardworking people that I like to view myself as a hard worker as well. And so there was a lot of synergies there and it was just a good fit. But yes, and that's kind of where I've been. I've been here for the last couple of years. And like I said, I was a larger brokerage for a while, but now I'm here and it feels like home and, and I like where I'm at. So you have what's called the green industry captive. I actually had to look this up and learn from you a little bit too. What is a captive? Yeah, so a, a captive, it's an insurance strategy. It really is a strategy a business strategy that you can use within your insurance program. And what that means is, and I'll refer to it as there's your guaranteed cost or what I'll say as your standard insurance program. That's what 99% of people are in that, you know, hey, you pay your premiums, you get your policies. If you have claims, you file your claims and then you renew it. And next year, your premiums probably go up and it's just, you're kind of stuck with doing what you got to do. You can go shop it, find maybe another broker has access to a different market or a different insurance carrier. But for the most part, you're kind of tied down. 
and what a captive is, is a captive is where you take a group of like-minded business owners, which again, I find a lot in the green industry. It, there's a lot of like-minded business owners more so than other industries, but they come together and they form their own private insurance company. And that really sounds more sexy, if you will, than it is. <laughs> a lot of these business owners, I know they hear that and they go, man, I'm running a business now. I don't need to go start another business. You're an outside investor, essentially, and you're a, a shareholder in a company. You're not having to do anything day to day. You're just getting the financial reward of being an owner. So when I say they go and form their own private insurance company, that's all it's mean. And it's, you know, they're getting to make some decisions, but they're getting the financial benefit from. It. So in a nutshell, that's what a captive is. It's just a group of like-minded business owners that they are coming together to do insurance a different way. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool thing. And I had to look this up and learn a little bit more about it. And I think it's just really cool how you kind of come together as a group and kind of form your own insurance company, essentially, in a roundabout way, I guess, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And a lot of times people say, okay, well, I kind of get it. I at least get, you know, the definition of it, but why would I want to do this? And it really stems from, it gives you flexibility and control over one of your largest expenses, probably one of your top five expenses as a business owner is your insurance. You probably have negative feelings towards it because it's always costing you money and you're not really ever using it. You're not having a lot of claims. And frankly, if that's where you're at, you're the perfect person for a captive. And we'll get into kind of size requirements later because even how we do things, we've made a tweak on that to make it much more inclusive. But if you're in that pool, you're really in the good spot of just saying, hey, I know there's got to be something better out here. I'm not using it, but my premiums, they keep going up. So that really puts you in a good spot there. So is there any difference in like your coverage between a, like your traditional insurance policy and a captive or is it all the same? So no, it's all the same with the caveat of a captive actually gives you the ability to customize coverage more. We can customize coverage for the group. And I use this example a lot. So COVID hit and a lot of the insurance industry a lot of insureds said, hey, they're shutting down my business. I know there's this thing called business income coverage that covers me if I can't run my business. And that's kind of a half truth. There is that coverage, but it's not triggered by a disease like COVID and government shutdowns. So therefore, there was no coverage for vast majority of really everybody. There was no coverage under that. And using that example, if we wanted to in a captive go, hey, you know what? We see pandemics may be a problem going forward we can carve out and make coverage for that for our group of business owners. So yeah, there's no less coverage, but there's potential of having more. So with the captive, everybody kind of comes together, they pay into whatever their premiums are, and then it kind of goes in a pool. You know, whatever gets has to get paid out, a claim from that gets paid out of that pool. Is that correct? Yeah, so really, and again, we'll stay high level here, but really what happens is basically when you pay premium as an insured, about 70% of your premium dollar is going to what's called a loss fund that the insurance carrier has. The other 30% is going to operational costs. So 30%, they're paying for the TV commercials you're seeing with the insurance carriers, their lights, they're paying their employees. That's where 30% of your premium's going. 70% is going to sit in that loss fund. And what that loss fund does is if you or anybody else who is an insured of that insurance company has a loss, they're going to go dig into that bucket and pay out the loss. Whatever's left over at the end of the policy period, that insurance carrier pockets as profit for themselves. So where a captive comes in is if you as a business owner, you're not having many losses. 
70% of your premium is going to subsidize all these people who are having a lot of losses, you know, because it's going into that pool and then they're paying out and then the insurance carrier is keeping the rest. So the insurance carrier really likes you because you're the one that's guaranteeing that they keep a profit in their pocket. So the way a captive works, it's really the same structure. And really, nobody will ever know you're in a captive unless you tell them. Your certificates come out the exact same way. Your policy is actually still written on what's called an insurance carrier paper. It'll still have your you know, Hartford Insurance Company or whatever carrier we're using. It has it on your policy. So your clients, your vendors, nobody knows that you're in a captive unless you tell them. But really what happens is the structure and how we structure things is different on the back end that allows you to start to keep that profit that when you're not using that loss fund for claims, the captive will have a loss fund that all the members pay into. And when that's not used, it's redistributed back to the members, of course, based on the percentage of how everybody paid in, but it's redistributed back to the members. And that's how you get to actually earn money off of your insurance program rather than just having a what's called a guaranteed cost program or the standard insurance program where you know, hey, I pay 100000 in premium every year and I'm not getting any of that back. You can get a large chunk of your premium back if the group's performing well. That's amazing. Everybody wants to get a little bit of money back from the insurance. They feel like they pay into it and it just goes away and that's it. So that's a huge, huge benefit there. So what happens if, you know, you're paying in your premium and somebody else is in this captive makes a lot of claims, you know, what happens if there's overage? Do you got to cover that on your end or? Yeah. So I'll step back and give a little bit broader of a answer to kind of then get specific into that answer in that so your captive is, it is a shared, it's a pooled approach. Now, if you've ever heard of a captive, typically what's associated with a captive is these very large companies paying $250,000, $350,000 in their insurance premiums. And those are the only ones that can get in. And if you're smaller than that, you either have never heard of a captive because a broker hasn't brought it up to you because what they'll say is it's not financially feasible because of how it's funded. You have to fund a couple different accounts just so that you can get in. And if you're only paying seventy five, a hundred thousand, it's hard to fund three hundred thousand dollar accounts. And that's why typically for smaller companies that hadn't heard of this captive. And so how we formed our captive is it's more of a pooled approach, which you alluded to, to where, yes, the money is essentially all coming into a pool for claims to be pulled out of, but there is reinsurance and there's stop loss to know that you know every year what your worst case scenario is. You're never going to have to pay more premium out of your pocket. You just may not get any back. So to answer the specific question, yes, a lot of times I get, I go, hey, you know, somebody goes, this makes a lot of sense. I want to get money back. But what if I have a lot of claims or what if somebody else has a lot of claims? Well, first off, there are requirements to get into the captive. So insurance is an industry that is built on numbers, right? Numbers don't lie most of the time. And most everybody's probably heard of the term loss run. If you're getting quotes for insurance, they say, oh, well, give me your loss runs for the last five years. Well, all that is, that's a report card of how many losses you've had over the last three, the last five years. Well, so there's requirements. You have to have, you know, a passing grade, so to speak, to be able to get in the captive because a captive is a really good option. Probably one of the best options for a company, as long as it's run well and managed correctly. 
if it's not, it can actually be a bad option because now you're putting money in and now you're not getting any back and it may cause you to put more money in if it's not being run well. And part of that being run well is having requirements. So with that being said, we can use our actuaries to show you kind of, hey, here's what you've done. Here's what the group's done collectively over the last five years. So here we can extrapolate those numbers out for the next three, five years and show you what the expected losses are. So you kind of have an idea going in. But again, I know I went on a tangent here, but to get to, to answer that specific question is, I guess the best way to say it is a captive is not severity driven. A severe claim will not hit it. Frequent claims will hurt it. So if you have a million dollar auto loss, that's not going to hurt the captive. But if you have ten hundred thousand dollar losses, that's what's going to hurt the captive. And if something like that were to happen, one, we would we should be able to predict that uh, to an extent. But yes, things just happen sometimes. And so one year like that is not going to one year, one company within the group doing that is not going to kill the captive. It's multiple companies doing that over multiple years which just gets back to the statistics of we should be able to see the statistics that it shouldn't happen. So all that to say, one company's not going to kill the captive. And if you want, I can go more into detail on why a severe claim doesn't hurt the captive, if that's something we want to get into now. Sure. Okay. Yeah, you might as well. Okay. Well, so how a captive is structured, again, high level is, let's say you're paying a $1,000 deductible. You're still going to have your deductible in the captive. So if you have your million-dollar auto loss, you pay your $1,000, the next level of risk is going to be the group captive layer. So the group captive may, and these are all numbers on the back end, so say the group captive takes the next $250,000 of loss. So the group captive takes that next two fifty. dollars And then it's passed off. We do partner with insurance carriers. This is how we can guarantee you're never going to, you know, you're not going to put yourself out of business with a loss because there is still insurance there. We're just taking a basically a really large deductible, so to speak, to where the captive is coming in, taking that first 250. And then the fronting carrier comes in and takes the next, say, 250. And then the reinsurance carrier comes and takes that final 500,000 of the loss. And so therefore, when you have that big million dollar loss, the captive only takes the first 250. So if you're having $100,000 losses, the captive took all million of those losses because remember the captive takes the first amount of every loss. And so that's why a lot of small claims hurts the captive more than a couple large claims. Gotcha. So if somebody wants to get into a captive, is there like minimum size? What are some of the requirements and what do they have to go through? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And I hinted at it earlier, but typically to even start thinking about a captive, you have to be paying two hundred fifty or 300000 minimum for anybody to even look at you to get into that. That's because of how it's structured. It's called an A fund, B fund structure. We won't get into that, but just know it's a different structure. How we've structured it, it's more of a pooled approach. It's not 100% pooled in the sense of if you perform better than another company, you're going to get more back than another company does. So there, there are weighted distributions there. And this is why I actually went out to start the captive is because, like I said, I have an agency. I do a lot of work with the smaller than the 250, 300,000 in premium landscape clients. And most clients just kept saying, I would ask them, hey, how can I help you? I want to help you more than just let me get you quotes. And the biggest problem over and over was 
will our premiums continue to go up, but they're not justified. We're not having claims to justify those increases. And that's the problem in and of itself that a captive fixes. And so I went on this journey to go, hey, I know there's these big captives for the large companies out there, but can we make a captive that is meant for the medium-sized guy or maybe even the smaller-sized guy? That way we give them access to the same strategy that all these large companies are using. Because 95% of Fortune 500 companies fund their insurance this way. And so it's almost like you're playing with one hand tied behind your back being a smaller company because you're trying to grow to get to that bigger level, but you're not able to access all the same resources. And so what we've done is really anybody paying $75,000 in their auto work comp and GL premiums combined, anybody paying around 75 and above is a good fit for our captive. Now, we started out as low as 25, but what we noticed is we actually started getting a lot. Like I said, the green industry sticks together and they hear there's something specific for the green industry and they come running. And a lot of these large companies, some of the largest in the country actually were saying, hey, we've been interested in a captive idea and we're really interested if it's specifically only for green industry businesses. So because of that, our scale has slid up a little bit to where we've bumped up the minimum premium to around 75000 And I say around 75,000 because we can still be on a case-by-case basis. If you're at 65, there's some wiggle room there. It's just, if you're paying 15, it may be hard to get there. So 75 is kind of a rough number. Sure. Are there any downsides to using a captive? Something that we should look out for or anything? So really the only downside is, like I said, one, if the captive is not ran well and made up of good members, then it can be a disaster because if you get a lot of people with a lot of losses and try to do something like this, it doesn't work real well. You, You just don't end up making money, you end up spending more. So that's one potential downside, which is, again, why we have strict requirements to protect the captive and and protect that integrity. The other downside is this is a long-term play. So this is not a short-term strategy where you say, hey, I'm signing up and I'm going to save 25% of my premiums next year. You probably should average 15 to 20% dividends on those premiums paid in yearly over the long haul. Now, again, that may mean one year you get 5% back, one year you get you know 25% back, but it's a long-term play. And, and part of that is there is some capital up front that you have to put in. That's why Again, just the captive candidate is somebody who is financially stable, who is safe, and safety is a priority to them. Those are really the two biggest things because you do have to pay in a little money to kind of, you know, essentially buy in to the private insurance company we're forming. You have to buy in up front, which gives you a voting share. Everybody gets one voting share. So everybody has the same say. And then you can buy more as well as to fund that captive layer that pays out the risk. That's where a lot of your premiums every year go in, but there's also kind of a rainy day fund, and that's where your initial capital that you have to pay in goes to sit. And again, that's another aspect that allows us to say, hey, you're never going to pay more than your premium because the absolute worst case scenario one year is that you don't get anything back and we have to use some or all of that capital out of that rainy day fund. So, you know, if people do get together, they form this captive. What are the requirements as far as like the meetings and all that stuff? What's involved in that? 
So there's a board of directors made up by the members. And typically how we do it is we basically rotate on and off the members. That way everybody gets a chance, whether they're a big company or small, they get a say and they get to be on the board if they want to. So there will be monthly board meetings and numbers, financials of the captive will be sent out to all members at the end of every month, just so that you can see, you know, it's a business you own. So we're reporting the numbers to you saying, Hey, you know, here's where we're going. Here's how we're looking. The board of directors get a lot of say, they get to declare the dividends. And when they go out looking at our balance sheet of going, you know, Hey, yep, let's go ahead and declare our year one dividends and pay out, you know, 80% of those because in insurance, it does, there's some tail liability that, you know, for work comp, for example, you may have an employee that got hurt in 2020, but that claim doesn't actually close until 2022 or whatnot. So there's a reason of why sometimes we have to hang on, but it's all yours and you're always going to get it. And so, and and what was the, what was the second part to that question? Just, uh, you know, how do they get it set up? Do you help them set up the captive and everything? Yeah. So what we're doing now is we have the green industry captive. We are forming, we're about 90% of the way. And currently to date where we're at is we have two insurance carriers that want to work with us. They see this industry and they see opportunity there. And so they've said, Hey, we'll go get as many interested business owners that are legitimately looking into this. They're not guaranteeing they're in this. There's no commitment on the business owners other than to give us some information so we can give it to our actuaries and start those projections and get them back their proposals and rates. But we have two insurance carriers that have just said, hey, we'll go and get one last push to get as much interest as possible. And then we'll give you our final rates and we can send out all these business owners their proposals so that they know exactly what their initial capital is, what their year one premium is, and then they can start making their financial decisions. So that's where we're at now as far as anybody getting involved. So like I said, we're an agent, we're in Texas. And so anybody, even within Texas, but definitely outside of Texas, you can bring in your own broker. If you have a broker, you know, we have people that are involved that their son-in-law's their broker or their brother's their broker. And, you know, we're not in it to make Thanksgiving dinner awkward or anything. (laughs) So if you have a broker you like, we can get in touch with them and we can start working with them to get all the info we need from your business. That way we can prepare those proposals. But really, it's just like any other time you're shopping your insurance. This is just another market or another insurance carrier, so to speak, to go look at. It's a little different, obviously, with the investment you put in, but I kind of look at it as it's kind of like buying a house rather than renting a house. There's a little bit more upfront investment, but you're paying your mortgage and building your equity every year. And when you sell it, you'll get that back. Whereas, you know, and again, not to say one or the other is right, but this is definitely a business owner sell, so to speak. I mean, I talk with business owners that they have to be of the same mindset of, hey, we want to invest in our business and, hey, we're willing to do this and maybe pay a little more up front because we're confident in how we can perform over the long run. And and ultimately, it's uh, I played a lot of sports growing up, so I kind of refer to it as it's kind of the, hey, give me the ball in the fourth quarter insurance mentality. You, you want to live and die on how you perform and how the intimate group around you performs, not just the general public. So if somebody's interested in learning more about this, how can they uh, reach out to you? I'm on LinkedIn. Just look me up, Will Allen. You can email me and that's will at greenindustrycaptive.com. You can also go to greenindustrycaptive.com. And on the front page, we have a real 
short three minute explainer video. It's kind of one of those doodle videos that it does a pretty good job of taking everything I've rambled on about over the last 30 <laughs> minutes and taking it into three minutes and being pretty concise. And I think you'll walk away from that video just being able to really clearly think, hey, is this something I even want to look into or am I good where I'm at? So those are really the best way, either email, LinkedIn, or going to the website. And you can look around without ever even having to talk to me until you're ready to. So now the doodle video, uh, explainer video, it does a great job on there. So, I, you know, if you're interested in this, definitely head over to the website. I'll put the link in the show notes. Check out that video because it does an awesome job of explaining everything. Is there anything else you want to add about the captives or anything? You know, the only thing is, like I said, I'm really passionate. I'm biased towards a captive is a good way to go. Like I said, there are some size requirements and performance requirements because it's really meant for above average performing companies. And when I say performing, it just means you're having less losses than the average within the industry. So again, a good kind of litmus test is if you're feeling like, hey, I'm paying too much insurance premiums and I'm not having very many losses. Not saying you can't have any, but you know, you're not having very many. You're probably a good candidate as well as, like I said, this is a unique time so you come into a captive and typically you kind of have to play by their rules and you're more of a small fish in a big pond, so to speak, even for the larger companies. Whereas this is the only green industry specific captive. It's the only captive that lets in those smaller companies. So it's a real unique opportunity. I'd love to talk with anybody who's even thinking about it because since we're in this formation stage, we're able to be a little bit more lenient with who gets in than once we're established. And we're really looking for 10 or 15 more solid companies with over the next month or so to where then we're turning it in and, you know, getting the rates back. And if you're in that founding group, there's an additional benefit of you're going to get to share an additional percentage of the dividends over the first couple of years. So there is a little bit of an incentive to be first. So yeah, if there's any questions, definitely, I'm sure we can get real deep on this and we can go as deep as anybody wants to, you know, off air, so to speak. But yeah, it's where the insurance industry is moving. There's actually the reason a lot of this took so long to get done over the last year is because there was so many captives being formed. It's just, this is kind of the insurance model of the future, if you will. So, you know, we're trying to bring it to the green industry and help them out. I think this is awesome. I think it's a, a very unique thing compared to what we've been used to for our traditional insurance. And I've heard people over and over, like in our Facebook group, talk about, you know, they waste so much money as, you know, looking for another broker. Here's another opportunity for everybody to reach out to. So I think this is an amazing thing. I said, I'm talking my dad into it. I'm going to try to get him on board. So <laughs> I think it'll be good. No, well, I appreciate you hopping on here. For those that are interested, definitely reach out to Will and let me know too, if you're really interested and we get a large group of people that are interested in this, I'd like to do maybe a, like a Facebook Live or a webinar with Will, have him come on and we could take a deeper dive into this. So if, if you're definitely interested in this, obviously reach out to Will, but let me know, put a comment in the comment section and you know we'll work with Will getting something set up if people want to get into it. So I think it's something unique and I think you guys should all check it out because it's something, like Will said, it's the way of the future. All right. Well, well, I appreciate you hopping in here. We'll uh, definitely get all this information out there to everybody else. And I appreciate you being on here. Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it, Scott. All right. Well, we'll have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 